Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. This was in 1990 when my husband and I bought a house in a suburban middle-class area in Johnson County, Kansas. Our son was nine years old at the time. My husband had left the military in 1988, and after over a year of searching for a job as an ex-military intelligence sergeant, he gave up after much pleading from me to take up driving over-the-road. Over-the-road truck driving jobs were plentiful. I found a great trucking company that housed you for three weeks while you trained and then received your CDL, Commercial Driver's License. It was very difficult for a veteran to find a job during that time, and I'm not sure why, but that was just the way that it was. I'm glad that the attitude of employers has changed and that the military is looked at with gratitude and respect. Anyway, I had been working several jobs to keep us afloat. My husband completed the three-week CDL training, which was in another state, and started driving three to four weeks over the road, and then home for three to five days, and then back out again. We wanted to buy a home because rent was ridiculous, and you were always at the mercy of the landlord, raising your rent, or finding something wrong with every single thing that you did, or didn't do. My husband, who we'll call James, would not help look for a home. He said, just go find one. So I did. As it turns out, I found a real estate agency that had bought a home, fixed it up, and was selling it. The realtor advised that they would accept a VA loan. The house happened to be located two blocks from my mom, and thank God, our homes were located on opposite sides of a main roadway. My mom and I never interfered or bothered each other. We were respectful not to pop in on each other, with the exception of my son. My son, who we'll call Tim, and my mom were very close. My mom adored him, and vice versa. My husband and I were so grateful to have her close by, because she was the only grandparent my son had growing up. We finally got the house after jumping through hoops and all the red tape for the VA loan. James came off the truck for three days, and he and I moved all of the furniture and boxes into the house. James was then back on the truck and over the road again. It was winter time when we moved, and just one day after Christmas. With the first load of laundry came the flood. I called the plumber. My son was down at his grandmother's, and I was alone at the house. I was so grateful to have a home that was ours, I was grateful my husband had a job, even though it took him away from us too much at the time, but at least I was able to just work one job now and be around at home for our son. Anyways, I was working, unpacking boxes while I waited for the plumber. 
suddenly I noticed that the house felt off. It was mid-afternoon and getting dark outside since it was winter. The plumber arrived and I took him down to the full-sized basement. A full-sized basement. It was awesome, at least when I first saw it. Now it was partially flooded because the drain wasn't draining and the load of laundry was on hold. The basement was giving me an uneasy feeling and I was actually afraid for the plumber. I kept checking on him to make sure that he was okay. I walked down the steps when the plumber called me to tell me that he found the problem. When I got to the problem, all I saw was black water and a hole. The plumber said that there was a tree root that had grown into the pipe, and this was why the washer couldn't drain properly. The plumber said that he had to leave and get the parts to fix it. I looked at this black hole. It went on forever. It looked like it must have gone straight to hell. Like I told you, the place just didn't feel right. The plumber left and said that he would be back in an hour. I returned to unpacking boxes and after a while, the noises began. Suddenly there were these extremely loud bangs that started at one end of the house and made their way down to the other end. The sounds came from above in the attic. I was pretty much frozen with fear and didn't know what to do so I kept working and started praying, trying not to cry. The plumber returned, and this time I stayed with him, sitting quietly on the steps while he worked. He was such a nice man, and I really was afraid for him to be by himself in that basement. The plumber finished and left, and I drove the couple of blocks to my mom's house and got my son and we went back home. Having a cell phone was not a normal thing just yet, so you only had your landline which ours was not hooked up yet, and it wouldn't be until the Christmas holiday was over and everybody was back to work. If I needed a phone, I ran or drove down to my mom's to use hers. When Tim and I got back home, we made our beds and talked while we worked and watched some TV off and on. Then, the banging noises started. Tim looked at me with huge eyes and asked me what it was. I told him I had no idea, except that Maybe the house was settling. You know how houses make those settling noises, right? Well, these bangs were so loud that we would actually duck our heads when it would happen. We ducked our heads several times that night. Finally, we quit working for the night and Tim and I sat watching some TV together. We were both sitting there on the sofa when we heard heavy footsteps coming up the stairs from the basement. The door to the basement was just off of the family room where we were at at that moment. The door was closed. We both stopped watching TV and looked at the basement door as the footsteps made their way to the top. Tim and I looked at each other and took each other's hands. We waited for the door to open. Suddenly, the footsteps started back down the stairs and then it was quiet. I got up and told my son to stay back. I went to the basement door and after taking a deep breath, I pulled the door open and flipped on the light. I made my way halfway down the steps to the point where I could see the entire basement. There was nothing. My son and I were afraid. I was trying to be brave, but it wasn't easy. My son asked if he could sleep in my bed that night and I knew that he was very afraid because my kid was strong and I had only seen him afraid once before in his life. 
He was four years old at the time. We lived on the sixth floor of an apartment building. We got on the elevator and pushed the button for the lobby. The elevator jerked really violently and started going up at a high speed instead of going down. The elevator stopped and then started and then zoomed up to the top floor, which was the 16th floor. The elevator shuddered and then began free-falling from the 16th floor. I grabbed my son's small hand and he cried, Mommy, and for the first time I saw that he was frightened. I forced myself to smile and told him that it was going to be just fine. I picked him up, hugging him, thinking that this was it. We were going to die. We were going to hit the bottom. Strangely and thankfully to God, the elevator stopped and kind of bounced up and down and then came to a full stop. It was all silent. Suddenly the doors slammed open so hard and I could see that we were about three feet or so above the lobby floor. I jumped out with him in my arms and I was very grateful that we had made it. Anyways, back to the dream house. The master bedroom was like an ice chest, but all the other rooms in the house seemed to be at a normal temperature. Tim stayed as far to the edge of his side of the bed as possible because he still had to maintain that he was a tough guy who was protecting his mom. Believe me, I was so grateful to have his company. There were strange noises throughout that night that would wake us both. We were both grateful when morning came, even though we were exhausted. For the next three weeks, my son slept in my bed. Our neighbors next door came over to introduce themselves, and they were the sweetest older couple. They said it was a shock when the gentleman who had owned the house died. They saw the look on my son's face, as well as mine. They said, oh no, they didn't tell you, did they? I told them nobody told me anything about a death. The sweet couple said that they would not tell us which room he had died in. The man who lived there was an alcoholic, and he had a son who was mentally handicapped. They said he finally had to put his son in a mental institution after his wife died because it took both of them to take care of him. They said the man started drinking and let the house go, never keeping up with repairs or anything. They also said he drank heavily and wasn't in good health. When my husband came home from his three weeks over the road, my son went to his bedroom, and we never told my husband that he had been sleeping in our bed. My son said, I've got to start sleeping in my own bed, Mom. I felt horrible because I knew he was feeling afraid, pretty much the same as me. I told my husband all about the strange noises. The banging did start. My husband said, The house is settling. I knew that that would be his answer. We lived in that house for seven years. We wanted our son to have one school system and friends during those three years of his life instead of us moving around anymore, as we had in the military. I will tell you just some of the things that happened in that house, though. As I said, my husband drove over the road, and before my son became a busy teenager with a car and a job, it was him and me. Friday night was pizza night and TV night, and of course, junk food night. Sometimes we had his friends spending the night, and sometimes my son was over at somebody else's house. Well, on this particular night, it was just the two of us. We were in the family room, and we had eaten our pizza, and we were watching our favorite show, laughing and talking. 
The family room was at the back of the house, and it had a door that went to the backyard. My son was a sweet kid, and would generally sit and hold my hand or even grab a pillow and lay his head on my lap, and we were happy that the week was over. It was now warm weather, and we had the doors open, with only the screen doors closed and locked to let in the breeze. All of a sudden, there was a horrible crash, breaking glass, and the house actually shook. It sounded like something had crashed through one of the basement windows coming from the area of the backyard. We grabbed each other's hand, and we took off running to the back door. I threw him out the door because I knew something had to be in the basement now, and we were screaming as we took off running through the yard around to the front of the house. In the front, there were only streetlights illuminating the yard and our street. We stood there and we both said at the same time, It's so quiet. I told Tim to stay put and I was going to walk around the house and look at the basement windows, going to the back of the house and seeing which window was broken. This was so scary because looking through the basement windows, I couldn't see anything. How could this be? There had to be something. I couldn't believe none of our neighbors heard this horrible crash and weren't outside as well, since not only was it loud, but it shook the foundation of our house. I walked around outside of the house shaking. I looked through each window into the basement and there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. No broken window. Nothing fallen in the basement. Nothing. We had a tidy basement with very few items. I walked back to the front and I told my son to walk with me and we looked together around the house. We talked and we agreed that once again, whatever was going on enjoyed scaring us half to death, but so far, at least, nobody had been hurt. We told him about it and once again he said that you two are imagining stuff and there's probably a logical explanation. One thing I learned was that sometimes not everyone sees or feels what you do. However, one night, when my husband was home, we were all in bed and it was about 1am or so. Suddenly, he and I were sitting straight up in bed looking at each other. James was surprised and said, what the hell? Tim then yelled, mom, dad. We yelled back at him that everything was okay and we went into his room and asked him what happened. Tim said, all of a sudden I was sitting straight up in bed and I don't know why. After several years, James stopped driving over the road and started driving locally. James became an assistant scout leader and he and Tim went on scout camping trips and had many great times in the scouts. Shout out to the scouts who were a great group of great dads involved in showing kids many good times and an awesome adventure to Canada, canoeing and fishing for two weeks. One particular time when the guys were gone and I was home alone, I had asked my mom to come up and help me with a sewing project and I would make dinner. We even agreed she would spend the night since we had an extra bed and we wouldn't have to worry about how late we worked and then her walking home. We had just finished dinner and I was cleaning up the dishes. My mom started on our sewing project when the banging started above and then a couple of the kitchen cupboard doors started opening and closing hard. My mom tried to keep her hysteria to a minimum but asked, What the hell is that? I told her, It's whoever has been here since we moved in. 
My mom started throwing the sewing project back in the bag and grabbed my arm and said, We're leaving right now. I told her I had to get the dishes and at least put them into the dishwasher. My mom said, The hell with the dishes, let's go. That was it for my mom. My mom never came to our house again. When we told James, his reply was, You guys think you saw a couple of cupboards open and close and all that banging? That is the house settling. We had a cat who lived for 17 years. We got her as a kitten at the time. Occasionally, she would start meowing and backing away from something that we couldn't see, and then do somersaults and run, and sometimes she would run into a wall. She slept with me in my bed and always got as close to me as she could snuggling up to my back. One year, my son Tim and I got the flu at the same time. I got up in the middle of the night to fix myself some hot tea. I sat down in the living room on the sofa with my face in my hands. I felt my son sit down on the cushion next to me, and I said, with my face still covered with my hands, I'm sorry, honey. Are you having a hard time sleeping too? There was no answer. I looked left, and there was nobody there, but there was an indention in the cushion. I got up, and I ran into our bedroom. Then I jumped in bed under the covers. I woke my husband up, and he asked me what was wrong. I knew it was pointless, but I said, Not a damn thing is wrong. There was one day when my son was working in the basement, and I was working upstairs in our bedroom, and I heard my son yell, Mom! I yelled, What? I heard him again yell, Mom! I yelled again, What? It happened a third time, and this time I went to the basement door, and my son had just reached the top of the basement stairs, and we looked at each other. My son said, Well, what do you want? I said, Wait a minute, you called me. We looked at each other with a blank look. I asked him what he heard. My son said, You kept yelling my name, and I kept yelling back what? I said, this is what is happening to me exactly. Now, we didn't really care because we knew that we were stuck there and we didn't have any finances to move. We shook our heads and told each other to carry on. The disturbing thing was it was able to mimic our voices. Not cool. Once I had a cup of coffee in my hand and I was joining James in the living room on a Saturday morning to chat and drink that first cup of coffee. I was just about to sit down when something hit my cup hard and knocked the full cup of scalding coffee out of my hand, which ended up on our almost new carpeting and some on my arm. I ran for the kitchen sink to get it under cold water. I told my husband that something knocked the cup out of my hand. James laughed and said, You're crazy. You dropped that cup. Right. I dropped a cup as hard as I could on the carpet and my arm. Moron. This was one problem we could not talk about because even with that one event happening in our bed, my husband would never believe my son or me. Other family members experienced banging, cupboards slamming. They believed. They didn't like coming to our house unless it was daytime or we had many people there. Our master bathroom had a small bathroom with the shower. On the opposite side, was the hallway full bath with a bathtub slash shower. 
There was a frosted window between the two. You couldn't make out anything except if somebody got up on a step stool to look through. You could not make out their features because they were blurred, though. One summer day, I was taking a soak in the hot tub after going for a long run at a nearby running trail. I was leaning back and relaxing, and I heard a noise. I looked up at the window between the bathrooms, and I saw a head. I thought it was James being funny, and I yelled, Very funny. Then I yelled, What are you up to anyway? No answer, and the head was gone. I yelled, Come on, James, what are you up to? No answer. Tim was working, so it was just James and me at home on a Sunday afternoon. I got out of the tub and wrapped a towel around me and walked out of the bathroom. I went to the bedroom, and there was nobody there. When I walked through the house to the family room and looked out the back door, there was James in the backyard, working on the lawnmower. I opened the door and asked him, Why didn't you answer me? He looked at me like I had three heads. What are you talking about? I told James that he couldn't lie his way out of this one, and I had caught him looking through the window in the bath. James was put out and told me that I was really losing it. And then he mentioned, Do you know where the step stool is that I would have had to use? I had to admit that there would have been a noise of the folding up of the step stool, and then walking out of the room and down the hall past the bathroom and out of the house with it. There were times where the guys were gone on a weekend camp out and I was home alone. The noises were too much to handle and I would get in the car and back out into the driveway and sleep there for the night. I could only do that in the warm weather though. It was not fun living there. I had many uncomfortable times living there and unfortunately so did my son. The incidents were often and we lived there for seven years. My son went into the military when he was 18, and he said that he wouldn't miss this place. We ended up living there for six months after my son left. I've never run into that type of paranormal experience in any other homes. I have had things happen, but not like what we went through there. I do believe if you are sensitive, you can be picked out by restless spirits that are caught in between. The last day that we were at that house... I closed the door for the final time and I told the gentleman who had been bothering us for all those years that I hoped he found peace and I hope he doesn't follow me. I have experienced paranormal encounters all my life. The first instance I can remember was when I was around five years old. We lived in a trailer at the time, in a good-sized city in Utah. I had two encounters there. The first was when I fell asleep on the couch with my mom. I woke up in the middle of the night, but I'm not sure what time it was. I noticed something in the hallway to my left. I didn't move. I was too scared. Soon enough, I saw a hand pop out of the hallway corner and was soon joined by the head of a thing. It was tall as well. Its head looked like a gray alien that you would see in the movies, but the hand looked like a normal human hand. All we did was just stare at each other until I got so tired I fell back asleep. 
The other encounter I had was in the back bedroom. This time I was with my mom, brother, and two sisters. We had all fallen asleep after watching a movie. I had again woken up in the middle of the night, terrified. I thought to myself, I didn't have a nightmare. Why am I not feeling at ease? Well, I did what any normal five-year-old did at that moment, and I threw the covers over my head. I had been under there for a couple of minutes, before deciding to peek out to see if I could see anything out there. I opened the blanket just a little. The only thing I could see was a big brown eyeball looking back at me. I was so freaked out that I put the blanket back over my head. I then waited to hear something, yet nothing came. I uncovered my head after feeling like I couldn't breathe under there anymore. Nothing was around the room except my family. From what I can remember, I never experienced anything else in that house. My next encounter also took place in Utah. I was eight or nine at the time of this. I went over to my friend's home and we played inside for a bit, until eventually deciding to go play outside. The weather was nice, not too hot or cold, and there was no wind whatsoever. This is important to remember for later. So I was talking with my friend about her trailer. She was telling me that she doesn't like her home and that it felt weird to her. She also said that she would see something by an outside corner of her house from time to time. And me, being who I am, was curious about what was going on. We went over there, but nothing happened. Her dad called for her, so she went back inside. I was still standing in that spot, waiting to see something. Well, I did. The tall grass in that area started to move violently. At first, I thought, oh, the wind must be picking up. I went to turn around and I noticed that none of the leaves on the trees were moving, nor was the grass in any other place besides this specific patch of grass. There were no animals or rodents. I also started to smell what seemed to resemble Japanese cherry blossoms. I remember at that point that I needed to go home. I ran to my friend and said that I needed to leave, and I left. That was my first and last time at her house. At the age of 10, I moved to Idaho. During my freshman year of high school, I was living with my dad and his girlfriend in a four-bedroom apartment. This apartment scares the piss out of me and always will. To this day, I can't be in there by myself. I shared a room with one of my younger sisters, which was the biggest room upstairs. We would often wake up in the middle of the night to see that our door was wide open and the light to the bathroom was on. When my dad talked to us about it, we told him that it wasn't us. He said that one of us had to have been sleepwalking and leaving the light on. That night, I was determined to stay awake and see it for myself. My sister was sound asleep. I watched as the light turned on from underneath my bedroom door. Then, ever so slowly, our door started to creak open. I freaked out. No one was there opening the door. It was just nothing. Just a moving door. Nothing else happened. And exhaustion eventually took over, and I fell asleep. My dad didn't believe me when I told him. Later on down the road, when I was around 15, 
my dad and his girlfriend did this weird thing with the house. Now, please stay with me on this. Not everything is whole in memories. I have difficulty remembering this night. I remember my dad frantically waking me and my sister up and saying something about there being a man outside our bedroom door. He explained that he had woken up with a weird feeling and knew he had to check on us. When he got to our room, he said that there was a black figure of a man standing outside our door. It was like he wouldn't let him pass to check on us. He finally got into the room and woke us up. My sister and I sat together in the living room while our dad went around the house trying to figure out what was going on. At one point, he went back upstairs to confront the black figure. And the next thing I remember is my dad coming downstairs and then dropping to the floor. I don't remember much after that. The next encounter I remember was when I was sick. I was sleeping on the couch in the living room. I remember waking up to the front door closing, thinking that it was time for my siblings to come home from school. I sat up a little and noticed that my sister was in fact home. She was already on the stairs by the time I looked up. We will call my sister Becky. I call out her name and ask her to set my alarm clock so that I don't sleep for too long. She said that she would and headed upstairs to my room. I woke up later on, on my own. I realized that it was around 1pm and school hadn't gotten out yet. Confused and thinking that I had dreamt about it, I went up to my room and lay down to go back to sleep. I noticed that my alarm clock was set and at the very specific time I had asked her. I checked the house to see if Becky was home and she wasn't. This was the first time something like this happened, but it wasn't the last. It happened to my dad a few weeks later. Becky had gotten sick and went downstairs to ask my dad if she could stay home. He said yes. The next thing I know, my dad is yelling at us to come downstairs. He said that only one of us can stay home. Apparently, my brother, who we will call Tim, had gone down and asked to stay home as well. The thing is, Tim denied ever asking this, even with our dad confronting him. The next thing that happened wasn't until I had my own room and a boyfriend. His name was Jed. I was 16 at the time. Me and Jed were in my room and I was putting my clothes away. I felt someone smack my butt. I thought it was Jed, but when I looked back at him, I realized that he wasn't anywhere near me. With how quickly I looked at him after my butt was smacked, he couldn't have possibly moved that fast. He was lying down on my bed, which was a good distance from my dresser and on the opposite side of my room. I didn't hear him move either. It was weird. Later that night after he left, I was lying in bed getting ready to fall asleep. I then see this black shadow by my closet. It was standing pretty tall. Then, the shadow man just sunk into the floor. I was frozen with fear. I couldn't move and was scared out of my mind. I just laid there. The shadow man then came up from the floor and appeared right in front of my face. He pinched the bridge of my nose hard and it hurt. I got up and ran downstairs to my dad's room. I told him what happened and showed my nose to him 
He said that I had two red marks on each side of my nose. The next day, Jed moved in with me. A few weeks later, he and I were lying on the couch in the living room, as that's where we were sleeping for the time being. My brother Tim's room was right above the dining room, which is right next to the living room. Tim wasn't home that night. Jed and I were talking when all of a sudden, we hear these really loud bangs going all along the walls from Tim's room. After the banging had gotten to the doorway, it stopped. The next thing we heard sent terrifying waves through our bodies. We heard loud thudding footsteps coming down the stairs. The couch was right in front of the stairs, and in the middle of the stairs is a landing that turns off into more stairs. That shadow man stopped at the top of the landing, staring right at us. I start to freak out. The next thing happened so fast. The shadow man starts running down the stairs towards us. We start screaming for my dad, and just as the shadow man gets to the bottom of the stairs, a white shadow comes in and stops it. My dad comes running out of his room, freaking out, thinking someone broke in. We explained what happened. His girlfriend Tina basically told us to stop watching horror movies. A year later, Jed and I are now moved into Tim's old room. Jed was downstairs talking with my dad, and I was upstairs lying in bed, waiting for him to come back. We have pictures that I drew hung up on our wall. One of those pictures came flying in from the hallway. I was confused. It wasn't drifting in the air like a normal piece of paper would. It was like it was being held straight up so that we could see the picture that was drawn on it. I thought it was weird and went to pick it up and put it back where it had been before. I then go lie down in bed again with the light off. Shortly after lying down and getting settled in, I see an elderly woman standing by my open closet. She was wearing one of those dresses you would see in the 60s. It was blue with a white apron over it. The woman had curly short hair and her eyes had a white cast over them. She just stood there and did nothing and eventually left. Jed and I moved out of there not long after that. I noticed a fair amount of similarities between the two long stories we shared in this episode. First and foremost, plenty of loud bangs that I love so much. <laughs> That's what seems to get me the most these days, obviously because in my limited personal experience with the paranormal, it brings me back to that fateful morning at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. I won't tell the story for a third time, but Oh no, yeah. please do. <laughs> no, no, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah, the only bangs I like come in a can and have 300 milligrams of caffeine, but I've been weaning off of those in recent months. And not to get too ahead of ourselves, but you can all look forward to a story with lots of banging around in our next episode. Yep. Yep. And for what it's worth, both stories featured a child at home named Tim, mm. although the second Tim is somewhat of an imposter due to it just being an alias. Yeah, these were two... Basically, just very creepy, very traditional hauntings. Run of the mill. Yeah, all that's missing is rattling chains and moaning ghosts. Don't forget five extra paragraphs describing the layout of the house. Uh, 
listen, guys, when you're sitting in your stories, we love them. We want every story you can think of. I don't care how terrible it might be. I don't care if nothing happens, but for the love of God, (laughs) the layout of your house doesn't always matter. Sometimes I'm sure it does. Yes, but it doesn't always matter. We've been getting better about editing those down. So nothing personal. No, no, not at all. Doesn't really do it. I had no way want to discourage people from writing in your stories. Like I said, no matter how good, how bad it is, write it in. We love all that content. Um, But yeah, I I have to apologize. Sorry, I was so late this morning. Even though I mobile ordered, (laughs) yeah, even though I mobile ordered, um, Starbucks was packed. The line was out to the door. And I don't know. It's just weird because mobile ordering on the app has been around for years, but there's always still people that just go and stand in line to make their orders and wait on them. I don't understand that. Yeah, I do everything I can with mobile ordering. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, it's okay. I've just been watching old episodes of WWF and WCW until you got online. (laughs) I actually got ringside seats for some wrestling in October. Mm -hmm. Super excited. My childhood dream is finally coming true. And before I go, I will be sure to place my Starbucks order through their mobile app using promo code TRAIL69420 BLAZEIT. Perfect. Yeah, don't forget to use that promo code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a friend that always insists on like going into the Best Buy store to make his Best Buy credit card payments. I sometimes think that people just enjoy the interaction and the experience. It's almost like every time I'm with him. There's something like that that he's got to do. And errands. Yeah. Mo- Adults and their errands. <laughs> yeah. He likes, he, he's <laughs> one of those people that likes to run errands with somebody. He likes to bring somebody along. And I don't know, sometimes I'll just go along for the trip because it's fun. That's cute. I like that. I'm pretty sure my dad still mails in checks to pay his bills. There is one bill that I pay with check. And uh, I'll never, I'll never, I'm not going to say which one it is. I know which one it is. And I don't blame you. I would too. You need that paper trail. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. It's it's actually to my agent. Um, I always send my agent uh, a check. I I never never do any other. I don't do wire. I don't do any type of transfer. For some reason, I just like sending checks to my agent. It's like a very like old school Hollywood thing to do. You know what I mean? That is true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, good for your dad. I like that. That's something that we've definitely lost with technology and laziness. The experiences out in public, even if they're just standing in line or browsing. Like, I really mm-hmm. miss going to Toys R Us and Hollywood Video. Yeah. Instead of Toys R Us and video stores, we have Amazon and Netflix. And mm. the actual content itself seems to corporatized and self-aware, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I like Black Mirror so much. That production team, they know what's up. Despite the irony of it being on a major streaming service, I don't know, if I didn't use my smartphone so often to work on podcast stuff, I would probably go back to a Nokia brick phone. If the show ever disappears, I'm doing it, going yeah. off the grid. Yeah, if, uh, I, I don't know, going back to a Nokia is definitely the dream. I think we all want that secretly. The major conveniences, though, of smartphones are the maps, you know, GPS, and also having every question answered in a matter of seconds. You know what? Fair argument. I think I may have just pathologically lied to myself. (laughs) Having GPS and a good camera in my pocket isn't something I'd ever want to go without again. Once you have it, you can't go back. Yeah, uh, the camera is also great. Uh, I do miss just not knowing things and talking and wondering about things instead of, sorry, wondering about things. People people (laughs) seem to think that our wanders and our wonders sound so similar and they love to just leave us nasty reviews. 
I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> they've been getting nasty lately. Yeah, if you haven't left a review, by all means, now's your chance. By all means, please leave us a, a review about how much you dislike us and hate us for the free content. A constructive review. My favorite one lately was we got like we got docked either a star, maybe even two stars, because they didn't like the outro. You can just turn it off when the stories are over. It's that easy. Yeah, there exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's like it's like leaving the movie theater when the credits roll. You can't you don't complain about the credits rolling. Right. Some right. people just like to sit there and I I sit through all of the credits all the way to the end, mm-hmm. the very end. Lights come on, then I walk out of the theater. But going back to that, I I really miss wondering about things instead of just getting the answers right away with the tap of a finger. Mm-hmm. Then then again, so much information on the internet now is just hearsay or made up garbage. So you really can't trust anything anymore. Yeah, not only that, the entire internet is basically five websites or at least, what, three corporations by now. Mm-hmm. And even specialized forms are dying out in favor of Reddit and Facebook groups. It's just, it's like I said, lifeless and corporate now. Oh, yeah, I really miss the like individual forums that you would find on websites and stuff now everybody's just like does it have a subreddit does it have a subreddit Mm -hmm. come on man i used to go on these karate forums all the time to learn how to fight when i was like 12 or 13 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah streaming uh going back to the streaming thing that while that's a convenience it's also a double-edged sword because it really sucks for like actors and everybody involved because the residuals don't work the same as TV. They aren't seeing any money for their work when their shows are streamed. I really hope that something good comes from these strikes. This this could be a good thing. Me too, me too. I really do hope so. Yeah, but getting back to the topic of the haunted houses and the stories this week, mm-hmm. the only time I, I ha- the only time I've ever been in a basement was when this punk house had shows in their basement, but they had tons of cats, so I just called it the cat basement, and I never wanted to be there because I I couldn't even breathe. (laughs) (laughs) But ever since I was a kid and I read Stay Out of the Basement, the Goosebumps book, I've always been terrified of basements. Do you or have you ever lived in a house with a basement? Yeah, technically the office I'm currently speaking to you from is in a basement. It's cozy down here. I love it. Wait, you're serious? That's your basement? Yeah, it's like a three-tier multi-level home. It's basically every basic house in Utah. That's so funny. So yeah, for the listeners, I've, I've actually never been to your house, your new house. And I had no idea when you're like, when you're telling people to keep it down up there, I thought you were just talking about the second story. <laughs> That's so funny. I never would have guessed. It just looks like a little room in your house. It does not look like a basement. Yeah. If I were to move my curtain right now that you can see, you would see like a patch of land about three feet above my head. That's wild. I love that for you. So there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up about the story I narrated. It mentioned separate occurrences of conversations that just flat out never happened with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Have you had a non-existent conversation that you are sure happened? Now, uh, what about you? Not entirely. I did have to go into work like an hour early before because I swear my boss called me and told me to. And then I showed up to work and I was just hanging out for an hour until he got there. And apparently the conversation didn't happen, but maybe I was dreaming. Maybe I misunderstood something else, but he never told me before, Hey, you got to show up an hour early. Like, I don't know how I could have misconstrued that. And in in my memory, it was specifically, Hey, you got to show up an hour early. And then I don't know. 
I don't think it was anything paranormal. It was probably just miscommunication. So I don't want to dive into that too much. Yeah, it's kind of like the mom and son from the story this week that I narrated where they thought they heard each other calling each other's names. Uh, But no, I don't think I've ever talked to somebody that wasn't there or had anything like that happen. Mm -hmm. I definitely make up fake arguments with people that don't exist when I'm in the shower Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I always win. It's just a weird thing I do that I'm kind of ashamed of. No, don't be ashamed. I do that too, but it's usually in the form of staircase wit. Not just minutes later, but sometimes several days later, I'll think of the perfect pun I could have thrown out during a friendly debate or some trash talking and get really mad at myself for missing the opportunity. I don't like missing out on jokes. It's not even like, oh, I got you. I'm a superior debater, but I I like making a pun. (laughs) Yeah, I usually do that when I'm lying in bed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This week you have heard Haunted House by Karen and My Stories by Essie. Both stories were narrated with the permission of their respective authors. If you've got a story to share, make sure you send it in to stories at oddtrails.com and we'll take a look. No matter how small, no matter how long, we just want to read all of your spooky stories. Don't forget to sign up for our Patreon if you want to get ad-free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bitrate so you'll get the best listening experience. And finally, don't forget to check out the new episodes of my other podcasts. Let's Not Meet a True Horror Podcast, Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, and the Old Time Radio Cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe. Peace out. Don't let the ghosts and the ghouls disturb you, darling.